Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today we're talking about healthy brain function. Huge, hugely important. And it's literally how your brain regenerates new connections and how the old connections are broken down. Now, um, we're going to learn a couple of terms like neurotoxins. Is Neuro means nerve, toxin means poison, neuroplasticity. Uh, plasticity means a buildup, like a, a reconnection. Now, there's certain things that we have to watch, okay? Normally, I would say some of the things that you have to watch are processed foods, pesticides, medications, electromagnetic fields, sedentary lifestyle, dehydration, and environmental pollutants are all contributing factors. What I can't say is an injectable medical procedure starting with a V um, because we just had more videos wiped out. Uh, nine more videos, and these were all, like when you talk about brain function, you got to talk about things that can negatively affect brain function, like neurotoxins, and there's a lot of neurotoxins in injectables, but we have a censorship program going on. Um, so we had to start a new YouTube channel. We still have the old one, the the John B. Cairo one. And the Dr. or the Dr. Bergman one. Now this one is called True Health Tuesdays with Dr. B. That's the title of it. True Health Tuesdays with Dr. B. And um, you, you know when because they already put strikes on one um, our, of our sites. We've had oh, 70 videos wiped out because even so, though some of these videos have been up for 10 years, um, you know in today's society with the because it is a socialist takeover of our world um this censorship uh, the locking in of ideas that used to be free um is part of that program and those of you that are supporting our free site the dr b vip and free i mean freedom freedom of information it's two dollars and 97 cents a month i mean it's about half a cup of coffee so thank you for supporting that. We really appreciate it. But the more important is when you're on there, share, spread this information. And Extreme Health Academy, that's another one. You could still get 10 days for or 14 days for free. And I think it's Bergman 14 still gets you access to that. Um, so Extreme Health Academy, get on there. And we're also on Library, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, um, you know, as long as those sites remain censorship um, light, <laughs> censorship free. Okay, so let's get into the brain. Um, the brain, okay, I want you to appreciate this. The brain has more connection than their stars in the sky. Um, you've got 100 billion nerve cells. Each one of those cells have are connected to 10,000 or so cells. So you have a thousand trillion connections in your brain. Now that's more. That's 10,000 times more in your brain than there's stars in the Milky Way galaxy. So, so this is amazing. Now neuroplasticity refers to how cerebellar neurons, neurons in the brain, can change their structure and function in response to an uh, experience. And so your body can regenerate. I, I just want you to have a wonderment at your body. You realize as soon as that sperm hits the egg, within 24 days, your heart starts working. 
Within 36 days, your eyes begin to form. But more important than that, within seven hours of that sperm hitting the egg, the nervous system starts to form. Because every organ grows off of it like fruits on a tree. Now, your little three-pound brain, brains weigh between two to three and a half pounds. They burn 30% of the body's calories. So that brain is phenomenally metabolically active. It burns 90% of the body's oxygen. And it's constantly growing new neuronal connections based on your stimulus, on movement and what you're learning and what you're thinking. Now, movement is a nutrient for the brain. If you have inaccurate movement or inconsistent movement because of a leg injury or shoulder injury or spinal injury, you're going to get abnormal signals up to the brain. So we're going to go over how movement can regenerate the brain. And 96% of all brain disorders come from deficiency or toxicity. Now, what can negatively affect the brain? Um, medications, environmental toxins, uh, toxic food, which is non-organic, GMO, pesticide-laden, nutritional deficiencies, chronic stress, and an injectable medical procedure that we cannot mention because it's censored, but it does start with a V. All of these things can damage the brain because they can. They're potentially neurotoxic. But then also, let's look at the automatic nervous system. One part keeps you alive under stress. The other part regenerates tissue. Now, there's three things that will activate that stress state. Physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. So when you're in that state of stress, your body's ability to regenerate is reduced. Your body's ability to survive is increased. So if you're trying to rest, digest, repair, and rebuild tissue under physical, chemical, emotional stress, that's not happening. So this is huge to understand the regulatory mechanisms that are in your body. And this is the automatic or autonomic nervous system. Is a great article at a comprehensive physiology. Now, this is 2014. Quote, further understanding of the regulatory mechanisms linking the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems uh, and immune system is critical for understanding relationships between chronic disease development and immune-associated changes in autonomic nervous system function. So if you realize that chronic critical illness kills 80% of the population, not something that's a flu that's um, hyped up that has no accurate uh, measurement to see if you have it or not, I'm talking 80% of the populations die from chronic critical illness. Now, when we look at this, look at chronic stress and the breakdown of the system. You've got to understand this. And if you do understand this, then you could reverse disease. And I'm talking to, to moms, dads, um, single people, and doctors and nurses. The digestive, reproductive, and endocrine system. Literally, if you alter the function of those, organ systems break down from the lack of nutrients and blood flow. Adrenal glands become exhausted and cortisol level drops. Now, the adrenals, they're the first order of the endocrine function. Now, when you're under stress, and this is going to be physical, chemical, or emotional stress, um, your body 
um, has this structure called the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus, because you've got an endocrine system or an excretory system, like a chemical system, and then you have the electrical system or the nervous system. So that chemical or endocrine system is balanced or connected to the autonomic nervous system through the hypothalamus. So any information that you have going up to the, the central nervous system is going to synapse in this. And they even call it the HPA axis, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. Now, we have a course this coming uh, Thursday. It's the last Thursday of every month. We're going to go into a lot about the HPA axis or hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. Um, you can get access to this uh, class on our Dr. BVIP but we're also going to be talking a lot more uh, about cross-crawl exercises. Just know the hypothalamus is huge. So if you're talking hormone issues, know that the hypothalamus controls that pituitary, and the pituitary is the master gland. So let's close. Let's look at, at the how the body works. Now, there's a barrier between the blood and the brain, and it's vital that you understand the relationship. The, the best way to understand this is, like, let's say that you've had four shots of espresso and your hands start shaking. That's because when you change, when you take nutrients in, your body can be affected. Like if you take four shots of alcohol, your body's going to be affected. You know, a couple of tablespoons of sugar, your body's going to be affected. So you'll get that handshake or anxiety or stuff based on food. Well, the brain can't function like that with a thousand trillion connections. Um, there's a barrier between the blood and the brain. So the brain gets most of its nutrients from a superfiltrate of blood. Um, and, and this is called cerebral spinal fluid. And this fluid is produced inside of the brain. It flows around and gives nutrients to the cells in the brain. Then it flows down the spinal cord where it's resorbed into the lymph system. So this is, is a phenomenal nutrient source. But anything that damages that blood-brain barrier, anything that can cross it, can cause neural inflammation. Now, there's a great article at frontiersinscience.org. The title of the article is Mass Cells in Stress, Pain, Blood-Brain Barrier, Neuroinflammation, and Alzheimer's. And they're talking about how chronic pain and mast cell activation, this is activated mast cells under tissue damage and stress. And I know it's, I keep repeating this, but tissue damage and stress are hugely important when it comes, because if you're in a stress state, you're not going to be regenerating it. Um, it's like aluminum. Aluminum is a known neurotoxin. Uh, and now, again, when we talk about this, because we have to talk about neurotoxins, and the censorship will not allow us to talk about the injectable, injectable medical procedure that starts with a V. But when you're talking, children are exposed to around 6,000 um, micrograms of aluminum. Now, 6,000, that's 1,000 times more than their bodies can handle. And even the Archives of Pediatric Adolescent Medicine, and this is going back to 1998, quotes, um, uh, Bishop et al. have reported aluminum toxicity as a complication of hyperalumination of preterm infants. Encephalopathy in children occurs secondary to aluminum toxicity um, from dialysis. Now, 
think of this, the blood-brain barrier, that, that area that totally protects the brain, is not fully formed until well after seven years old, maybe up in adolescence. So obviously, if you're going to take anything that, that is heavy metal that can cross that, that can cause permanent damage, or anything that's neurotoxic, you want to avoid that. Now, the way little kids are, they're designed to not respond to inflammation a whole bunch because kids are putting most of their energy towards regeneration of tissue or generation of tissue. So they're putting all of their efforts into building a healthy body. Now, if a kid is damaged where they have something that triggers tissue damage, tissue damage will create an inflammatory response and this declines from their normal job, which is to grow a healthy, strong, fully functioning body. So you want to decrease any tissue damage in children, particularly before their blood-brain barrier is formed. I, I know you're thinking, of course I'm not going to hurt a kid. Yeah, well, anything that you do that damages the kid or causes tissue damage or creates an inflammatory response can negatively affect their brain. And this is important when 54% of our children in this country have a chronic illness or uh, injury. Now, aluminum, we're just talking aluminum, which is an adjuvant in most injectable medical procedures, um, except for the current injectable gene-altering medical procedure. Um, but aluminum alters DNA. It alters abnormal uh, regulation of gene function. So this is huge. It disrupts metabolism, disrupts cell membranes. And I'm going to show a couple of uh, cases of people that, um, that have um, had damage from injectables and then recovered. Now, medications that can disrupt brain function. Now, remember, these are drugs given by doctors who are not concerned about the outcome of the patient, like benzodiazepines. Um, this is, I've got number, and this is, um, they call them bennies. It makes you feel better, okay, if you're sad. The problem is it can have long-term negative effects um, in your brain. Beta blockers, okay, and this is something that blocks the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. Um, steroids, contraceptives, sedatives, pain relievers, antidepressants, all of these things can have a negative effect on brain function. And then antibiotics, right? and this is if you're eating non-commercially or commercially produced bread, non-organic bread. The antibiotics in that destroy the, the balance that you have in your gut because you need a balance of uh, beneficial and pathologic bacteria. You need the pathologic bacteria. You need the pathologic viruses. You're a symbiote. You need all of these different um, uh, uh, creatures inside of your body. You are an ecosystem. Now, anything that disrupts that delicate balance, that ecosystem, such as an antibiotic, will allow yeast to grow crazy. And the yeast actually have this um, tendril that actually bore holes in the intestinal tract, causing undigested food particles to leak in the intestinal tract. And that will create inflammation, and then inflammation is linked to the mast cells, and then this is linked to Alzheimer's. So if your tissue is damaged, 
your body won't work correctly. Now, steroids. Now, this is glucocorticosteroids. We're looking at these are drugs used to treat allergic reactions, inflammation, asthma, autoimmune conditions. The problem is these act on the hippocampus amygdala and frontal lobes. Now, the frontal lobe portion of the brain, we're going to get into a lot this coming Thursday in our 90-minute talk or, or um, apprenticeship program. But this is anxiety, stress, suicidal behavior, neuropsychiatric disorders, and all can be brought on by the use of steroids. And they're given steroids for anything from joint pain to asthma. And this is out of the American Journal of Psychiatry, 2012. So this is dangerous. Now, the hippocampus, now this is involved in behavioral action, mood disorders. Shrinking or atrophy of the hippocampus is associated with depression. So we, we look at this, by God, structures in the brain will shrink, okay, based on a stimulus or grow based on, based on a stimulus, kind of like your muscles. So the brain is a muscle. Now, the Journal of Behavioral Pharmacology says the available evidence suggests that the hippocampus plays a role in the pathophysiology of depression and bipolar disorder. Absolutely it does. But steroid hormones, particularly estrogens, and so this is going to be um, birth control and steroids, may prolray in, uh, pathogenesis in neurodegenerative disorders. And I love this. This is out of the Journal of Neurochemistry. But their mechanisms of action are not known. No, we know that doctors pass this stuff out, like birth control and steroids, and we're seeing a massive rise in brain fog and dementia and, and you know, again, autoimmune conditions like multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, all neurodegenerative conditions. Um, could this be from the birth control pills? Could this be from the um, steroids, from the asthma? Well, it's, according to this journal article, it sure could be. Now, we have a marriage between our government and the pharmaceutical industry. We also have a marriage between the, the television or, or media, and this is social media and, and regular media, with the pharmaceutical industry. Now, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, hugely important in supposedly protecting the public. But when you have an industry that funds the government, Guess what? Nine out of the ten last FDA commissioners were hired by the pharmaceutical industry um, in the past. And we're going back to uh, 1981, Arthur Hayes. Um, he served for three years, 81 to 83, and he ended up being a pharmaceutical president in 1986. And I'm going to run through the list tonight. It's, it's pretty exhaustive and very frustrating knowing that, that there's a marriage with a group that's supposed to regulate the industry. Um, this is called regulatory capture. The people that are watching the industry are actually paid by the industry to watch their product. And I know. Um, but just look at the, at the materials, because we're talking about brain function here. Acetaminophen depletes glutathione. And I just, if you go in, well, you know, this the censorship now. You probably have to use DuckDuckGo. Um, Google, I doubt, would have a whole bunch of, of things like this. But type in acetaminophen depletes glutathione, and you'll see hundreds of articles, if not thousands, depending on the censorship in your area. 
that means Tylenol. And this is Tylenol PM, Tylenol regular, Tylenol everything, which is the acetaminophen, which is in there, depletes the one substance that protects your brain. It's really that important. Statins, cholesterol-lowering drugs, increase heart failure and hardening of the arteries. And so all of these different chemicals, when we talk about brain function, we're talking about um, literally a toxification of the entire system. Uh, and that does cause a stress response. I mean, blood pressure medications, according to Science Daily, every, each one that you took, your risk of stroke went up by a third. And chronic pain even shrinks the brain. Because remember, I mean, if a person has um, chronic pain, for every year, that brain literally sh shrinks 1.3 cubic um, centimeters or cubic, uh, cubic me measurements. And when you look at this, it's, it's crazy um, that your doctor is prescribing you a drug that can negatively affect the brain. And then we've got the GMOs, like the glyphosates. It's a mineral chelator, an antibiotic, which will allow the yeast to go. And there's multiple, multiple. If the Food and Drug Administration was looking at the food and drug toxicity, uh, we have a pharmaceutical-based medical system that is not working. We're looking at dementia rates now as a one-in-one and we know that glyphosates, and I just did a conference up in North Dakota, um, we're looking at glyphosates as far as the eye can see. This is GMO corn. Um, depression, autism, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis. How about looking at the rates for these diseases in areas that have high glyphosate usage? Um, if the government was serious about protecting the public, they would be looking into that. Now, when we look at the brain itself, we're only going to talk about three areas. One, the hypothalamus. And you already know that that hypothalamus has a direct connections uh, to uh, the, the pituitary. And so this has got one uh, part in the nervous system, one part in the endocrine system. Now, the cerebellum also, every time you move something, you move your your foot, your leg, your elbow, your shoulders, that stimulates up to that cerebellum. And that cerebellum is amazing because it per controls the frontal lobe. Now, 80% of the neurons in your brain are located in this cerebellum. And cerebellar, um, it, it, it used to be thought of as the permanent brain. Um, but now we know it's an executive function, attention, planning, emotional regulation. And this is the little brain in the back. What controls that, what can, pro can program that is movement. Now that cerebellum controls um, and, and puts input into the frontal lobe. Frontal lobe, you're looking at anxiety, stress, impulse controls. This is any ADD, ADHD person. Um, schizophrenia is the frontal lobe. So does that mean that we can reprogram the frontal lobe um, through movement? It does. And does that also mean that the frontal lobe is, is open to damage if there's holes in the blood-brain barrier through heavy metal toxicity, um, medication use, or the thing that we cannot mention that's an injectable that starts with a V? So this is why when we talk about neuroplasticity, you've got to talk about the neurotoxins, except one of those toxins we can't talk about now because of the censorship. 
Um, so why is exercise, movement, so important? Well, according to the Journal of Sports Medicine, it increases the formation of blood flow, our, our blood um, arteries, it's called angiogenesis, neurogenesis, which means nerves regenerate, synaptogenesis, which means those nerve connections, and the synthesis of neurotransmitters. Exercise is the greatest thing in the world for the brain. Now, um, also, and I love this, moderate exercise can reverse normal brain shrinkage by 2%, effectively reversing age-related hippocampal degeneration by one to two years. And that's moderate exercise, not light and not extreme. So there's a sweet spot. Um, and now, I mean, figure exercise literally um, helps increase blood flow to the brain. What kind of things decrease blood flow to the brain? How about blood pressure drugs? Okay, what damages the brain? Environmental toxins. You know, I mean, what helps the brain? Healthy nutrients, soluble fibers. I mean, let's look at how to regenerate. Just walking barefoot on the ground, the earth has an electronegative charge. And one of the exercises we give our patients is to swing their arms even and even have a friend walk with you to say, look, you know, your left arm's not swinging as high as your right. You know, it might be irritating, but it could also be fun. But making sure that your feet are walking in the wet sand next to water or on grass and they're barefoot, this gives a massive stimulus. If you got any friends that are recovering from Parkinson's, you're going to find out once they walk barefoot, they're going to be walking with a lot better gait unless they're taking cinnamon to reduce the, you know, or the drugs that they're on that are contributing factors to the Parkinson's, which, man, that's a, that's a drug dealer's dream. You get drugs that use, that suppress the symptom, that build up a toxic effect that cause the symptom. Yeah, yeah, although our Parkinson's lectures were wiped out too because we talked about the neurotoxins that led to them. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of stuff on our private station. But that barefoot walking is hugely important, particularly when you're talking symmetrical. Also, and you're going to see friends with Parkinson's, they're going to be able to do it. We also have people sit on an elevated um, chair table so the legs are hanging in the air. We put a 10-pound weight per leg on average. If they're very small, we can use 5 pounds, but 10 usually works, as long as they haven't had knee or joint replacements. And then they swing their legs even. Now, you're going to see people with brain issues, brain fog, anxiety. They're not able to keep a, a, an, an even swinging rhythm. And I'm talking swinging like a, like a clock um, pendulum, not, not lifting the legs straight out with a great weight. This is more of a passive ligamentous-based exercise. But then we'll have them tap with their toes just a little tiny like back of a chair or a trash can or something so that they get that sensory input in. Phenomenal cross-crawl exercise. So when we talk about regenerating the input to the brain, look at the neurotoxins. Okay, Avoid um, the injectables that start with a V that we can't talk about. If you're taking medications, remember, this is a pharmaceutical-based healthcare system, which is literally the leading cause of death in America. So if you're utilizing a medical doctor and you're taking medications, find out why you're taking them. 
you know, because, you know, if, if not, look at all the drugs that we have on all the caribou in Canada on. No, we don't have them because they're designed to live there. You are an ecosystem. If somebody gives you a toxic chemical to adapt to the planet, let's find out what the real problem with adaptation is. Eliminate, um, so find out why you're taking the drugs and, and find a doctor that helps you get them off or the, find a doctor that can fix the original problem. Eliminate processed foods. Eliminate GMOs. Um, reduce artificial or processed sugars. Pasteurized or homogenized dairy is poisonous. Raw dairy from healthy animals is good. Uh, if you're going to eat animals, buddy, they've got to be healthy. Okay, this means no antibiotics, no hormones. And unhealthy fats are poisonous, like corn oil, canola oil, soy oil, okay? Vitamin D is one of the greatest things in the world to help nerve growth. So this means get vitamin D, get out in the sun. If you're north of the equator, far, then you're going to have to get some healthy omega-3s um, that have high amounts of vitamin D. They even have a couple made out of sheep's wool that are good. Um, so the healthy fats, the omega-3s, coconut oil, olive oil, um, and you will get better. But the omega-3s out of small fish, anchovy, mackerel, sardine, amazing. Change your sleep patterns. Look at meditation is going to be helpful. So you will get better. Um, it, it just realize that dementia, anxiety, brain fog, Alzheimer's, this is not a normal part of aging, okay? Most of our founding fathers, like Franklin, I mean, lived into his 80s and was a notorious partier. So realize that we are not getting dementia because we're living longer. We're getting dementia and brain issues because we're being poisoned by a dysfunctional society and system. Uh, you can regenerate your, your brain. Look at physical, chemical, emotional stress. Address those correctly, and you're going to thrive on this planet. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. God bless you, and I love you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.